Well, thank you so much for making the time and uh, joining in. Uh, my name is Jeff Fuller, pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, hopeforvermont.org, and I believe people's stories matter, and we can learn so much as we take the time to learn from one another and one with a tremendous story. And an old friend of mine, I think she would say she was a friend, is Terry Lynn, no longer Lynn, Terry Pike. Terry, welcome in. Hi. So, I, of course, and where are you located right now? So um, my family and I, we live here in New Taipei City, just outside of Taipei, Taiwan. Yeah, and I had no idea where that was, so I had to look on a map. And for those that are watching on YouTube, Living Hope Wesleyan Church on YouTube, you can find that's where you are. And uh, so is it winter, summer? What's the season like right now for you? So actually, this weekend marks the, the change from summer to fall. Yeah, it's Moon Festival right now. So so it's very similar to here, at least in the East Coast of the U.S., isn't it? Right. It's just extremely, extremely hot. <laughs> and now one thing that I found interesting, just because I'm simply uh, minded, simple minded, is you're exactly 12 hours away, but it is Monday evening or Sunday evening for you right now? Yeah, it's Monday evening right now. All right. So what everybody wants to know, well, not everybody, but uh, from Ontario to Taipei, um, talk to me a little bit about growing up in Ontario, first of all. Oh, I had a great I had a great childhood in, in Ontario. So, um, you know, if we wanted to go get groceries anywhere, it would take like 30 minutes to go anywhere. Right. And some of the best years of my childhood were in a small town called Forster's Falls. We lived yeah. there from, right from the time I was in grade three through grade eight. And basically that town has like three streets. <laughs> so what's so much fun for me, and I try to be semi-professional uh, with these interviews, but for you, we go way back to, well, middle school or even before that because of a Christian church camp that my parents were very involved and your parents were. What is your first memory of Burke Camp? Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, probably probably being a kid in the children's church, right? Yeah. So there's that little chapel that we had. So we had our own little chapel. And I think it felt it feels like half the time my mom was the children's <laughs> the children's <laughs> director. And uh yeah, so that's one memory being in the tabernacle. Oh yeah, and the, the little like gift shop tuck shop thing. Yeah. Right? Where you get like tons of candy for like a penny. Yeah, there's a good memory, good times. Uh your parents, Larry and Sharon Hart, I believe it was heart to heart ministries, something like that. But uh, then they spent some time here in Vermont with uh, Dr. Ron Miller. But talk to me a little bit. Your dad, and I say this, well, seriously, but kind of as a confession, he has a gift of discernment, so much so that there are times I didn't want to spend time with him because I'm like, he might know something that I don't even know about myself. Talk yeah. to me. Just share with me, growing up with such godly parents, um, what was that like? What type of benefit was that for you as you were just growing up as, as every kid does? I think it was a pretty special environment to grow up in because, you know, the body of Christ, we have different gifts. 
And I think the gift of discernment is one that that um, I, I don't see it as much as maybe some of the other gifts. So I think it's, it was pretty special that, that God had my dad with that gift. Um, my mom, also she has some matching gifts that really complement his, like the gift of prayer. So God reveals a lot of things to my dad. And then my mom just has a real burden to pray for people. So, you know, that, that works really, really well together. So, yes, but I understand what you mean about being a little nervous about him knowing stuff about you. <laughs> hey, Terry, so you grew up in Ontario, but then you did move to Vermont and spend some time, uh, as we mentioned, with Dr. Miller. For you, how difficult was that that move? To Vermont? Yeah. <clears throat> that That's going back a few years, but <laughs> um, I think that move was... You know, I think uh, like we live here in, in an expat community. There's a lot of movement here, a lot of third culture kids. So uh, there's a lot of transition. And so it was hard in terms of transition, um, especially until I made some friends. I think it's really hard when you're a teenager to move to a new location. But the move to to Vermont was actually not as difficult as the move away from Vermont. Hmm. That was that was pretty hard to you know i was just so used to vermont rhythms by by then right so how long did you attend uh bethany bible college now kingswood did you go all four years or was it just a year or two yeah i i stayed there for a year and then i transferred to indiana westland and now what i want to speak to uh the book behind me adjectives and analogies um, have you always wanted to write? What kind of led you to uh, pursue this this endeavor? Well, I love stories. I love listening to other people's stories. I love telling my own stories. And so, you know, every family, every person, we have these treasure troves of stories that you tell, you know, at Thanksgiving and, and they get rehearsed at these family gatherings, right? And I had a number of those stories of mine and of my parents. And also growing up, as you mentioned, in the home that I did, it was just pretty natural for us to talk about God working in everyday life. And and I love writing. So writing seems like a way to marry those two things, the love of stories and the childhood. So I, I've always wanted to write a book. So it was really exciting for that to come to fruition. And congratulations on that. I will say my mom, who you knew very or know very well, um, she loves the picture behind because my parents couldn't have children of their own. So they adopted uh, three Korean kids from three different Korean families. So she certainly has an affection for uh, those that look like the picture on the cover of your book. Um, this picture, uh, was this one that you took or is this picture that you just stole from offline somewhere? Um better than both of those actually. So, um, I, I love this little girl. Um, you know, we taught Chris and I went to South Korea in 2003 to 2000, 2002 to 2003. We taught there for a year and now we've been in Taiwan for 12 years. And so, you know, that's a pretty big chunk of our lives and we've taught a lot of, um, Asian students and, so I was looking for a picture. I wanted a picture of a kaleidoscope, right? And because I feel like the book is about many different characteristics of God. So I felt like a kaleidoscope was a good, you know, image for that. And I saw this picture and um, 
you know, the picture was like the, the, the little tag under the picture said, you can't, you can't use this for anything that's going to be sold. But I just, I saw that was written in Chinese. So my Chinese is not amazing, but I, I just kind of a little sweat and tears to put in a little note to that person. And I said, you know, I told him everything, just told him what I'm doing and I'm a Christian and I want to write this devotional. And is there any way you would consider letting me use your daughter's picture? Mm. And, you know, think about the entire Chinese world, right? So I find out that this guy lives like an hour, an hour away here in Taiwan. He says, I'm a Christian too. You totally can use the picture. And I was like, this is such a God thing. It was awesome. And so it's probably included in the book, which frankly, honestly, I've not started yet because I've been so, so busy golfing and doing other things. However, <laughs> I did buy copies for my mom and sister and they already are halfway through it. They love the stories. They love how you come out through the writing. For you, was the process difficult as far as sharing these things that you were learning that maybe you're still processing? Or was that just something you're just going to be raw and honest and share as you're learning or continuing to learn some of these dynamics about God and your faith? Um, I think if I think my students would be able to uh, answer that just as well as I could. I, I really like to share a lot of my life with my students. And this is you know, I, I don't see my readers as students, but I, I just think that it's fun to share what God is teaching you and has taught you. And, you know, there'll be more stories in the future, I, I believe, that, that we will all be able to share about what he's teaching us, right? So, yeah. And again, you can find this book on Amazon, Adjectives and Analogies. It's Terry L, which stands for Lynn Pike, P-A-Y-K. And I could not believe the pricing of it. I thought it was very inexpensive. That's why I bought copies, not because I'm generous, but because I'm cheap for my mom and my sister. But um, what, what was the process like for you getting into the weeds a little bit about writing the book, but getting it published and then putting it on Amazon? Was that a learning curve? Did you have people helping you with that process? Okay, that that was a huge learning curve for me because it is my first book. And um, yeah, so the writing actually was was pretty, you know, like that was fun. But then the nitty gritty details, I'm not actually a super detailed person. I have to be for my job, but it's not natural. So um, yeah, so that was a challenge. I did work with a few people, like I worked with a formatter to help me you know, turn turn a Google Doc into a manuscript and free advice. If you're ever going to write a book, don't do it on Google Docs. Do it on Microsoft <laughs> Word. And um, and then I uh, I also hired a person to help me with the book cover. So you know, those are some of the nitty gritty details at the, toward the end. Yeah. Now I see also on your Facebook account that uh, your uh, brother has a copy of the book. I love Scott; he's the best. And then your uh, parents commented as well. Uh, what's been the reception that you've received from family? Is this something that they said they always knew was in you or were they like, wow, Terry actually wrote a book? What's been that family response? Um, I think my extended family was more like, oh, wow, you wrote a book. But my mom's been telling me for a long time that, you know, you, sh you, sh you should write. You love writing. You should write. You have, you have, you know, there's some something there that you need to go for it. So. I, I don't think mom and dad were very surprised. I, Scott's supportive. I don't think he was surprised. Yeah. And now I, when you been very supportive. And you said this was your first book. So does that imply that you already have another one in the works? 
Uh, not in the works, just in the back of my brain. Yeah. So we'll see. And now you mentioned off air that you're teaching middle and high school students. So what does that look like for you the last couple of years? And uh, how much space have you had to pursue this endeavor of writing a book or working on the second one, but also, you know, fulfilling your responsibilities as being an educator? Well, you know, we all have pockets of, of downtime, right? And so sometimes instead of, uh, you know, binging on Netflix, I would just uh, decide I was going to spend an hour or two or four writing, right? So, yeah, just made some choices. Yeah, With those good. choices, I was just uh, preaching yesterday on uh, Colossians 2, and it talks about living a disciplined life. And discipline, I I don't like <laughs> because it holds me accountable, and I just mm -hmm. want to be vulnerable. And I think you have to have both. But what healthy life rhythms, changes did you have to make, sacrifices, so you could fulfill this dream that you had? I think my family probably made the most sacrifices, um, you know, like, my kids are, I have a teenager and a preteen and, you know, so I think sometimes they made the sacrifices of not having, mom might be in the room, but she's not exactly present. <laughs> right. Um, so, but they've both been pretty supportive as well. So, yeah. Now being in Taiwan, what, What's been the biggest adjustment? I know you've been there 12 years, but is there still something you miss from Ontario or from Vermont that uh, you just wish you could have right there on an everyday basis? Mm, wow. Well, I think, you know, fresh water sources. Um, there aren't as many here. There are some, but, you know, it's, it's, we do have some, but Canadian lakes, you, you just, you know, that's, those are beautiful. Yeah. The, the American lakes are a little bit better, though. But uh... <laughs> So, Terry, with your book, Adjectives and Analogies, you can find it on Amazon, Amazon.com. Just uh, search Adjectives and Analogies, Terry L. Pike, that's P-A-Y-K. What are a couple of the stories that keep coming back uh, to either motivate you or just to remind you of what a blessing it was to share share these stories? I really like the chapter called Defender. The idea came from, um, a, a, the seed of the idea came from a message that Chris preached at the church that invited us here to Taiwan in, in the beginning in, in 2009. And, um, you know, we have this picture, we can see a very small picture of it in Job where Satan comes to God and he's accusing Job to God, right? And I think, I think that a lot of the time we believers have to face that in our own lives. We, we face these accusations from the enemy. And I just love the idea. So the chapter is about Jesus and, and it's, it's actually happening in heaven. There's Jesus, the son and God, the father and Satan comes in and he accuses um, Christians. And, you know, there are real questions in there like, how, she just said this. She just did this. How could she call herself a Christian? Oh, look at that church. They're so weak. You know, are they really saved? Like those kinds of things. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, Jesus stands up to this bully and he just, you know, it's just he just pours out scripture from his mouth about about who he is and what he's done for us. And I, I think that's that can be a really powerful concept, a really 
encouraging concept for believers that that Christ is our defender, whether we're having an amazing day or whether we're having a not so great day. So that's one of my favorite chapters. Amen. That's that's wonderful, actually. And so thanks for sharing that. Certainly an encouragement. Um, Terry, with Chris being with you uh, and Pastor, what does this look like for you with in North America? We hear about all the battle, the polarization of people of different groups for you. Is it kind of nice being where you are or do you sense that as well? And how are you processing it being, you know, used of Jesus, but just working your day to day jobs? I think there is some distance that comes from not being in the West. Um, you know, for example, at my at our school, um, you know, there's like, will you get the vaccine? Will you not get the vaccine? But our school has been very, um, very encouraging that we're not we're not discouraging or encouraging a certain way because unity is the most important thing. Hmm. And so, <clears throat> you know, I I just. I do feel sad about the the polarization that I see in in this, you know, I'm particularly thinking of Canada right now and we have an election coming up. So the polarization is kind of at an all time high right now, I would say. And, you know, the pandemic has really, you know, not helped that. Right. So I that is kind of sad. It does help us know how to better pray for our brothers and sisters in Canada. But yeah, it's it's hard to see. And reading the back of your book, um, I was reminded of the fact that you were called to overseas missions a long time ago. Not that you're that old, but you've known for a while overseas missions. And when that all came to fruition, was that something that you ever balked against of like, no, I want to stay as a domestic missionary? What? What kind of struggle was that, or was that even a struggle for you? There have been other struggles, um, you know, where I have balked at what God has wanted me to do. But I think he planted that seed pretty early. Um, actually, he confirmed it at I Feel Falls. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> so he, I felt like he planted the seed in my mind when I was 13, I just saw this video at an, we were at another church and we saw this video and the iron curtain had fallen and there was like a truck full of Bibles and um, the people were giving Bibles out to people. And um, you know, the volunteers were handing out these Bibles and the people just had their hands like outright, you know, put out for the Bible and just wanted to grab it. And I just thought to myself, wow, that's gotta be the best job ever. Hmm. Right. And that was it. And then when I was 16, I was just sitting in, a, in an Ithil Falls camp meeting and usually they were actually very interesting, but this time my mind was wandering and I was like, God, did you really speak to me back then? Like, is this something you really want me to do? And I actually don't really um, encourage people to just like ask God a question and then let the Bible <laughs> fall open and like, you know, put your finger on a verse, but that's kind of what happened. And he led me to the passage where, um, where he's talking to the prophet and he says, like, you must go to the nations that um, I tell you to, and I will put my words in your mouth and, and you will speak to the nations. And wow. so I was like, okay, that, this is what I'm doing. So Now, uh, brag on your husband a little bit. Talked about Chris and what he's meant to you, but uh, being co-laborers in ministry together, 
What type of asset has that been that uh, some people just miss out on or don't even think about? Well, you know, if you if you could have met Chris when he was 19, um, he when I when we first met, he didn't know the Lord. And and then um, through actually through it used, you know, it used to be called Campus Crusade for Christ Mm -hmm. and um, that ministry through that ministry and, you know, just God's provenient grace. He became a Christian, um, I think, when he was about 20, 21. And um, and then we, you know, he was open to whatever God was. He's really big on, you know, God's calling and whatever that looks like. Just pursue God's calling. So we were we were called to South Korea. Then we were called to come back to Canada and go back to school. And then it was just so obvious that God called us to Taiwan, um, his calling and his you know, his illumination of that path was just really, really clear. And so um, he came and we worked with the church for for three years. And then through some circumstances, we needed to um, I needed to start teaching English. And he taught English for a couple of years, which was which was good for him to understand what work is like for Taiwanese people. And um, and that was really good. And then uh, five years ago, God opened up the opportunity for him to go to a Chinese university and he just finished his doctorate in, in Chinese um, Christianity. So, and now he is um, the elementary chaplain among other hats at our school. So you guys are really smart then, huh? So a doctor and an author, like I'm kind of like, I feel, well, I'm a Vermonter. Hey, Terry. We have a joke. We have a, I gotta tell you this joke. Okay. So our Chinese, our last name in Chinese is Bai, which is the color white. Okay. Um, that's kind of another story. But um, anyway, so Chris's name in Dr. White is actually a soap here, Dr. White. So um, so his joke name is uh, Dr. Handwash. <laughs> hey, it's good, especially during these days to keep those hands clean. Um <laughs> Terry, with the pandemic, how difficult was it for you to do ministry, to teach? How did you have to adjust on the fly, so to speak? Honestly, I feel like I feel like there's no comparison with what the states and, and Canada have had to go through, mm. you know, just like months of lockdown and months of teachers having to do online learning. I, I just think any teacher in the West who's had to do more than you know, a month of online learning. I, I just salute those educators. Yeah. You know, so I mean, we had to do, I think it was a couple of weeks at the end of May. And then the summer was kind of a soft lockdown, but we haven't had to do more than a couple of weeks at a time. So my, my hat is off to those who have had to do it for the long haul. Yeah, it's been it's been a challenge, but it's a reminder of uh, God's goodness. And I know I sound like a pastor over spiritualizing everything, but um, it's it's just so true. And Terry, for you, I'm amazed, and it's just awesome how we kind of grew up together. I mean, we're close in age, but with you being from Forster's Falls and attending Burke Camp and all these connections and spending that year uh, together at uh, Bethany Bible College, it was just awesome now to see how God's still at work because some of our friends, some of our classmates have either fallen away or left vocational ministry. When you hear a story of somebody that you 
looked up to or a brother or sister in the Lord that's taken a different path away from vocational ministry or away from God, what does that do inside of you? Uh, well, to me, those are two different things, walking away from God and walking away from vocational ministry. Agreed. Um, yeah. Um, of course, I, I, I would be pretty heartbroken to hear that they walked away from the Lord. Um, but I think he's not done with their story yet. So, you know, I think that should motivate us to pray um, without over-spiritualizing that. I do think that's the most practical thing we could do. On the other hand, um, leaving vocational ministry, I tell my students all the time that we need we need Christians in you know in the arts. We yeah. need Christians in in the fashion industry. We need Christian engineers. Like um, vocational ministry is awesome, and if that's your calling, great. But you know, as a pastor's daughter, I know that that's not always an easy road either. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So wherever God has called you, I think you can have a ministry there. Certainly true. And Terry Lynn, uh, thanks again for making the time. A couple quick questions, then we will get you out. Terry Pike, I guess it's not Terry Lynn anymore since high school, but you know, it is your good friend, Jeff Fuller. So Terry, why should people buy your book? So, you know, we grow up hearing these ways of God being described. And those are good. Those are really good. But I think that um, the scripture offers some other ways that can be uh, a B complex shot in the, in the spiritual arm to how we look at God and our relationship with him. So yeah, if you, if you're looking, you know, especially if you're kind of, maybe you're kind of going through, uh, you're in a bit of a rut with your quiet times with God, grab a devotional. Let's let, let somebody else, you know, in the preface, I say, let somebody else do the hard chewing for a couple mm -hmm. of days while, while you, while you just, you know, look, read what they've done and then search the scriptures for yourself and, and see if what they, if what they said, you know, resonates with you and resonates with the word. And then for you guys, being where you are, 12 hours away, and so thank you for staying up relatively late, although the night is still young, I guess, where you are. Um, for financial support, do you raise support? Are you guys just full-time uh, job workers where you are? What does that look like on a practical level? So some of our staff um, are, are funded either partially or fully by a, a Western, you know, a church or an organization back in the States or Canada. And then other people are vocational workers who do ministry. And that, that would be us. So um, we, you know, I'm a teacher, Chris is a chaplain and a Bible teacher and, um, and we're vocational workers who do, who, who see this work as our ministry. So if we want to bless you, we can just do it as a personal gift, funding, however, uh, the best way to do it. And um, we certainly are. Or encouraged. you can just buy the book and <laughs> bless uh, a couple friends with it. <clears throat> yes, yes, yes. Adjectives and analogies. Hey, so I have to ask, what is kind of ruminating in the back of your head for the second book? Or can you yeah. share that? Mm. Mm. I think that's still way back here in the filing cabinet. <laughs> it's going to take a little bit to pull it forward. 
All right. Well, Terry, um, the last and final question, actually two questions, two part question. Uh, if you were to play in a fictional movie, a fictional <laughs> movie, would you want to play the hero or the villain? Oh, definitely the hero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, and you're much better than I, because if it's fictional, I think I'd want to play the villain and maybe like the villain that everybody loves, like Captain Jack Sparrow. Maybe that's oh, but yes. you're you're just too <laughs> sweet and kind. Uh, the last question that I have for you, I stole it from uh, Hernando Plano's podcast, Be Contagious. But if or when, when in your case, the feature film is made about you, your life, who plays you in that feature film? Oh, man. My friend is always telling me I look like this actress, but I can't bring her name back. Yeah. So, so an actress, then. We'll go with yeah. some actress. Yep. <laughs> and uh, just so you're aware, I know that you probably don't listen, or I know that you probably listen to every single podcast I put out, but uh, I always say Dwayne The Rock Johnson because we look so much alike. So that's <laughs> that's if you're looking for a movie about me, just look for uh, Dwayne Johnson. Nice. But um, Terry, it's so good to catch up and uh, not that it matters, but I'm proud of you. I'm excited about uh, the book, Adjectives and Analogies. I'll start it this week. And I have heard great things from my sister and my mom that have already begun it halfway through it. And the fact that you had put yourself out there, even though when you enjoyed writing, doing something, you still show vulnerability by putting pen to paper for everyone to see. And uh, I just want to encourage you and say that um, you're doing it. You're living what God's called you to do. And uh, we're just so proud to say, hey, I know that author or I used to know her, one of the two. But uh, Terry, thanks, thanks so much. much Thank you. And again, that's Terry Pike, Terry L. Pike. You can find adjectives and analogies on Amazon, Amazon.com. And that's simply going there. It is only $6.99 US dollars. That's under $7. That's quick math for me. And I encourage you to get a copy of that book for yourself or someone in your family, just to encourage them as we all seek to grow together and to uh, love God in all his vastness as he loves us. With that, I'm out. My name is Jeff Fuller, uh, hopeforvermont.org. And we just say, love one another as Jesus loves you. Thanks all.